0: I'm going to see my salvation I'm going to live in his heavenly nation Oh, it's going to be a celebration
1: Well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you all. Welcome to worship today. If you are online with us for worship, or if you're here in person, it is going to be a celebration today because we are celebrating Palm Sunday. I think all of you should have gotten some palms on the way in. Uh, You know, we don't just hand these out so that you can hold on to them or put them on your seat next to you, but they're a symbol of praise. And so we wanna see them waving today because Jesus is worthy of our praise. We're gonna talk about that, the real Jesus, what that means for us, that he is our king, our, our redeemer, our prophet, and so much more. And we're gonna, we're gonna dig into that a little bit today. Uh, my name is Aaron Rosenau, I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. It's my privilege to welcome you here to worship. Uh, a couple things to highlight before we get started today. Um, Easter, Holy Week coming up. This is the kickoff of Holy Week. We have worship services for Maundy Thursday not just on Thursday, but also on Tuesday morning of Holy Week, we have uh, Maundy Thursday, Tuesday worship in the morning at 11 a.m. at our Faith Ministry Center, and then at our Faith Ministry Center on Thursday evening for Maundy Thursday, we're celebrating the Lord's Supper, and. Um, First Communion for a number of our young people who are taking their First Communion on Thursday night. Then Good Friday, we have a noon service and a six o'clock service, so um, be aware of that as well. Uh, And take note, by the way, the evening services are at six o'clock p.m., not at another time they've been in the past. I won't mention the time because I don't want to be confused, but six o'clock Thursday and Friday, and then we'll have an Easter vigil here at our Celebration Ministry Center on Saturday next week. And then, of course, Easter celebration with 9 a.m. here, 8, 9:30, and 11 over at Faith Ministry Center. It's going to be a celebration. So we hope that you can join us for our Holy Week and Easter celebrations. Um, Easter Breakfast is over at our Faith Ministry Center between 7 and 10 next Sunday on Easter morning. So between 7 and 10 a.m. you can have breakfast by the youth. And you can sign up for that online. That would be really helpful. So we can have an appropriate amount of food for everybody who plans to be there. Um, In your announcements is a a note about a Saturday seminar that we're going to have coming up in April, April 22nd, 830 to noon over at Faith Ministry Center. Pastor Dan is leading that Uh, study called Secret to a Satisfying Life. So if you ever wondered, this is your opportunity, Secret to a Satisfying Life, Pastor Dan will lead that, and you can sign up for that online as well. Uh, also in our commons are new devotional books, because with this next week, we're starting a whole new devotional series called Rejoice, and you can pick up those books, or you can get them uh, the devotions online, on our mobile app, on Facebook, a lot of different ways. You can get them by email. Um, and then last thing, I'm going to hand it over here in just a second to Wendy Soufleek, who is here, and she is... Um, She's been with us several times to lead us in worship, but she also has her own ministry. Uh, she's a speaker and musician. There's some information that there are cards for Wendy Sue that are out in the Commons as well if you'd like to know more information about her ministry, and um, her, uh, her music, which she was actually leading us in at the very beginning as we led into worship today. So um, yeah cards out there if you want to know more about Wendy Sue, I'm going to hand it over to her and we're going to sing and praise the Lord. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we join together and wave our palms, raise them over our heads and sing Hosanna to the Lord.
0: Excited to be here today among my faith family here in Appleton and with this amazing group of musicians here from your congregation as well. We are just, we're just grateful and joyful and so we want to have, encourage you to be singing with a smile on your face because we have a king. We have a king who came once for us and who is coming back again. And we are singing for his praise and glory this morning and this evening. (laughs) So our praise is going to be rising. Sing along with us. Praise of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. If you're Lutheran, if you grew up in the church, you know that's what we celebrate this, this weekend. And the people raised their palm branches and they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, right? And then just five days later, some of those same people were shouting something really different crucify him. And then his own people brought him to the cross and killed him, not even a week later. And it dawned on me as I was reading that from scripture again this week, how quickly the human heart can turn. It happens in my life every single day. And that is why when we come together, we repent of our sins. That is why we confess. That is why we take the body and the blood of Jesus. So this is a confession song to prepare our hearts and to say with our voices God we need you every day and every moment of every day. And then halfway through the song we are going to take a pause for some silent confession so that you can speak to the Lord about what's on your heart. Lord To you right now, and teach our song to rise to you.
1: Christ is our one defense, our only defense, our righteousness. He is our salvation. The scriptures tell us that there is no one, not one, who is made right with God by what they do, by observing God's law. No one, because every single person falls short. But God has given Christ as a sacrifice for us, a sacrifice of atonement, a substitute for us. He stood in our place and he took the punishment that we deserve, he died to take away the sting of sin. Jesus, when he came into Jerusalem to the praise of the people, knew exactly what he was gonna have to do. He knew he was going into Jerusalem He was gonna be betrayed, beaten, and nailed to a cross. And he did it, willingly. He said, no one takes my life from me, I lay it down of my own accord for you. He did that for you, that you would be forgiven, that you would be given eternal life, eternal life for all who believe in him. My privilege, privilege as one of your pastors to announce God's amazing grace to you again. You are forgiven in Jesus. Let's sing. First reading this evening is from Psalm 130 in the Old Testament. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins." For the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand as we hear the account of Jesus coming to Jerusalem lowly and riding on a donkey. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what, the, what was spoken through the prophet, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and followed him were shouting together, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. You may be seated. James Bonham was a young lawyer from South Carolina. He had only been in Texas for three months when he volunteered to fight at the Alamo. Small fort near the Guadalupe River in San Antonio. On February 23rd, 1836, as General Santa Anna and his 2,000 Mexican troops came against 182 men in the Alamo, they prepared for battle. And just then, James Bonham broke through the enemy lines and rode his horse. To Goliad, Texas, to ask people to rise in arms with them and come to the Alamo to fight. No one was willing to fight. So James Bonham rode his horse then to Victoria, Texas. No one was willing to fight there either. So, what did James Bonham do? He went back to the Alamo back to the fight, back to the battle, certain he was going to die. So today we're celebrating Palm Sunday. Jesus coming into the city of Jerusalem to the praise of waving palm branches and people shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Now, this was not the first time Jesus had been to Jerusalem. Jesus had been there many, many times before. Jesus lived in the northern part of Israel called Galilee, where he spent most of his life in ministry. But three times a year, the Jewish people were expected to travel from where they lived to Jerusalem, to the temple for the major festivals. Three of the six major festivals commanded in the Old Testament were known as pilgrimage festivals. And so people took pilgrimages, they flocked from all over to the city of Jerusalem to the temple. And Jesus would have been among those people trekking to the temple three times a year for 30 years. So Jesus had been to Jerusalem many times, but this time was different. And not just because of the waving palms and people excited and welcoming him as king, the son of David, Hosanna, save us. The praise was elevated, but it's also different because Jesus was coming back to Jerusalem knowing he was going into battle, knowing most certainly he was going to die. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken up and asked, who is this? Who is this? That is the question of Palm Sunday, but it actually is the question of the ages. I mean, every single one of us really needs to ask this question, who is this Jesus? We get this question right, we get everything right. We get this question wrong, we get everything wrong. Who is Jesus? Well, some say Jesus is a therapist. (laughs) He helps us to cope with all of life's challenges. He tells us how valuable we are and encourages us to not be so hard on ourselves. Similarly, some people say Jesus is a cheerleader, rooting us on and saying, I believe in you, (laughs) right? You've got this. Others say Jesus is a coach. He helps Christian athletes run faster and jump higher than non-Christian athletes. Some say Jesus is a hippie. Like, give peace a chance, man. Or all you need is love. Imagine a world without religion, right? Still others think of Jesus as a sort of spiritual guru. Get out in nature, right? Sort of find God within or something, you know. Then there are those who claim Jesus is a revolutionary. He teaches us to rebel against the status quo, to stick it to the man, to fight against the system. Or that Jesus is a political activist. His primary concern is getting the right people elected and the right laws passed. Or Jesus is simply a good example. He shows us how to serve other people and change the world. Then there's the plastic Jesus. Anyone see the movie Cool Hand Luke? Paul Newman sang the song in the middle of the, the movie. He said, well, I don't care if it rains or freezes as long as I have my plastic Jesus. Believers in a plastic Jesus see Jesus as a sort of good luck charm, like a rabbit's foot or a four, four leaf clover or something, someone that we turn to when we need a favor. Really, none of these versions of Jesus is right. Maybe there's some truth in each one, but that's not really Jesus. Really, not helpful. What we really need is the real Jesus. And who is the real Jesus? Well, Matthew tells us. He tells us who the real Jesus is. Jesus sent his two disciples saying to them, Matthew 21, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there and with her colt by her, untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him the Lord, needs them, the Lord needs them. Jesus here is actually employing what is known as the royal levy. The king could ask for anything he wants from anyone, anytime, and they're supposed to give it to them. The Lord needs them. Well, who is Jesus? Jesus is the king. And not just a king, the king, but what kind of king? See, your king comes to you humble and riding on a donkey. Now, interestingly, Matthew is quoting here Zechariah chapter nine in the Old Testament. It's interesting if you go and compare what Jesus, or what, the, what the, uh, Matthew says in Matthew 21 to Zechariah 9, Matthew leaves out a little part in the middle. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, humble and riding on a donkey. Now, it's not that Matthew didn't know the verse, that he misquoted it or something. He actually just leaves out the middle part. And it's not that those parts don't apply to Jesus. Jesus is righteous and he does bring salvation. And Matthew talks about that plenty in his gospel, but by removing that middle section when when he says, see your king comes to you humble and riding on a donkey, it actually emphasizes the humility of Jesus. It emphasizes this humble nature of the king. Now, Matthew is also the only gospel that quotes Jesus as saying in Matthew 11, when he says, come to me all you who are weary and, and burdened, and I will give you rest for I am humble and lowly in heart. Matthew emphasizes the humility of Jesus. And the donkey emphasizes this too. I mean, Jesus is not riding in on a horse, but a donkey, which announces that Jesus is not coming to bring orders, but to serve and wash feet. He's not coming to dominate and intimidate. He's come to forgive and love and lay down his life. He's not come to marshal an army. He's come to be nailed to a cross and die. This one who is rich became poor so that through his poverty, we might become rich, Paul says. So Matthew emphasizes this humility of Jesus. So Jesus is a king, but he's a humble king, a king who uses his authority to serve. Matthew 20, verse 28, which is just before Our reading today in Matthew 21, where Jesus comes into Jerusalem just before Jesus has said to his disciples, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Now that's a really important word, by the way, ransom. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey into the battle certain he is going to die, why? Why does he do that? So that he can give his life as a ransom. Ransom is a, is a sum of money that you pay to release someone from prison. So you give them, you give a certain amount so that you can set someone free. Now, in, in a Christian context, the ransom is not silver or gold, not money or credit. Martin Luther said, not with silver or gold, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, our Lord Jesus has paid the ransom. We often call Jesus our redeemer, Redeem actually has to do with that kind of ransom, the price that's paid to set someone free. Jesus has paid the price so that you can be free. We were imprisoned to sin and death and selfishness and emptiness and anxiety and violence and you name it. And Jesus has bought us back, bought us back with his blood. Now we... um. We have spent this entire Lenten season in a series called Repent. We talked about how we need to reflect on and recognize our sinfulness, regret it, and then turn back to God. But repentance really isn't complete if we're just turning back to God, but God does the next thing, and that is that he redeems us from our sin. He doesn't count our sins against us, but reconciles us to himself and Jesus. Jesus is that redeemer who rescues us from all of our sin. Who is this Jesus? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Do you know what prophets do? They shake things up. (laughs) That's what prophets do. They shake things up. So like Isaiah in the Old Testament, Isaiah walked around naked for three years. That shook things up. Jeremiah, he buried his underwear and left it there until it was ruined and then dug it up again. Yeah, read that in Jeremiah 13. (laughs) That shook things up. Ezekiel literally ate a scroll. Hosea married a prostitute. The prophets shake things up. That's what Jesus did too. Matthew 21, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken up and asked, who is this? This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And you wanted to talk about things being shaken up. Jesus is king, and yet he allows himself to be arrested and spit on and beat on and impaled and spiked on a cross. I like the word spike because it's even worse than a nail. Like, you just think about those, those are spikes that went through his wrists and his feet. Describing Jesus' death, Matthew 27, 51 says, The earth shook and the rocks split. Describing Easter, Matthew 28, verse 2 says, And behold, there was a great earthquake. Jesus was shaking things up. The one who was crucified was not dead any longer, he's risen. And that shakes everything up. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that he is who he says he is. Jesus is exactly who he says. He is our radical prophet who shakes up our lives. Jesus is our redeemer who has sacrificed himself, stood in our place and fully accepted uh, by God. His, His sacrifice paid for our sins and Jesus is our humble king who uses his authority to serve. I'd like you to imagine a little conversation with the donkey the disciples borrowed for Palm Sunday. So the donkey woke up Monday morning, the day after Palm Sunday, and he found some people out in the street and he commanded them to throw their garments down. And they looked at him like he was crazy and walked away. So he said, I'll go to the marketplace. And he found some people in the marketplace. And Yesterday you were throwing palms before me, what's going on today? And all disappointed, broken, the donkey went home to his father, the crazy donkey, His father said, you are crazy little donkey. Don't you know, you are nothing without Jesus. I imagine that's what my father in heaven says to me sometimes. Crazy donkey. (laughs) Don't you know, you are nothing without Jesus. Jesus is our everything. And I'm not talking about Jesus, the therapist, Jesus, the coach, or Jesus, the the plastic Jesus. I'm talking about the real Jesus, our Redeemer and prophet, our humble King who serves that Jesus. Who is Jesus? Who is this? I want you to repeat after me Jesus is my prophet. Jesus is my redeemer, Jesus is my king, Jesus is everything. He is the best thing that ever happened to me. Amen. Our band is gonna make their way back up here and uh, lead us in our next song. And while they're doing that, let me just say a word of thanks for all of you who continue to support the ministry here at Faith. You allow us to have a building and lights and music and our live stream and and to have staff who help to lead our congregation and every opportunity that we have to, to share with our community the love of Jesus. And so thank you for everything that you do Sacrificing to help and serve us here. Um, Let's sing to the Lord.
2: Come, every longs to find its worth, come every aching soul in need of something more, come with your questions, come with your doubts, bring them to the Lord, come all you castaways left out of every crowd. Come all you outsiders Unwanted until now You are a people You have a place Waiting with the Lord Trust Troubled and harassed The King, the King is
1: is calling you. Joined together in speaking the words of our faith as they're summarized in a special Palm Sunday creed together. I believe that Jesus Christ is the King of the universe and wants to be the King of my heart. I believe that he entered Jerusalem on the donkey to suffer and die for my sins on the cross of Calvary. He came in the name of the Lord as the perfect lamb to be sacrificed. He will come again in all his glory to rule and conquer all that opposes the will of the heavenly Father. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. To him, I submit my life and to him I proclaim my loyalty, amen. O King of kings and Lord of lords, we do humbly bow before you and submit our lives to you. You set us the example by coming to give of yourself, to submit to the Father's will, and not to be served, but to serve. God, would you help us to live by that example, not just because you're a good example, but because we have been transformed by your goodness, by your redemptive power that has rescued us from our sin and death and given us new life that we might walk in this newness of life. So God, King of kings, Lord of lords, hear our prayers as we lift up all of our concerns to you the concerns of our brothers and sisters who are in need of your healing touch, including Nancy Lemke, who is recovering from surgery, and Suzanne McMurrow, who is recovering from emergency surgery this week. We pray and lift up all those prayers that, uh, of grief and, and sadness and brokenness on behalf of those who are grieving today. We especially lift up to you the students, and teachers, and families, of Covenant Christian School in Nashville who are just crushed by the events of this last Monday, praying that you would give them faith and strength as they, as they work through the, this tragedy and enter into and walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God, we know that as we enter through death, You are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us, that you give us strength each and every step and that you do not allow death to have the last word. You have been raised from the dead and we trust that God will bring with you all who believe in you to rise also from the dead to live anew in your kingdom forever. So give that confidence and faith to those who are especially reeling from the the, the devastation of that day and every act of violence, every illness and disease that robs people of life. God, for all who grieve, we lift their lives to you. We lift them to you and we ask that you would comfort them and remind them of your presence with them. Father, we also celebrate with joy at the many blessings you pour out into our lives. It's not all sadness, but you give us glimpses of the eternal life yet to come as you give us acts of of kindness. You give us the moments of joy and, and the milestones that we celebrate. We thank you for those who are remembering uh, the births of new loved ones, celebrations of baptisms and weddings and anniversaries. And we celebrate with Ed and Shirley Schwartz, who are marking their 60th anniversary this week. We thank you for the example they are of faithfulness and service to one another, of service to your people and the church and the community. And we pray that you would. Uh, continue to uplift Ed and Shirley in their celebration this week and all those who are marking their anniversaries, that they might be a continued example for your people of your relationship with us. God, we lift up all these prayers to you and we trust that you hear us. And now as we prepare ourselves to come to your table of mercy once again to receive the body and blood of Christ. We pray that you would prepare us with that repentant faith that turns from our old ways to your goodness and life, that your kindness would truly turn us in repentance to the gifts which you offer here, forgiveness, life, and salvation. We ask you all in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For those of you who are at home today, I invite you now to take and eat, take and drink the body and blood of Christ. For those of you who are here and worship with us in person, uh, please do make your way around the room a bit and greet one another in the Lord and introduce yourself to anybody around you you don't know. that's so May this body and blood of our Lord Jesus continue to strengthen you in faith. Know that you're forgiven and go in peace. Amen. Will you please stand? Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. Amen.
0: We have one more song, and this is another opportunity for us to wave those branches, to use our hands in worship, to put them together if we want. We can, have you ever clapped with uh, with branches? We can do that. Yep, see, pasha has got it. All right, we're going to sing, Holy is the Lord. And it starts, we stand and lift up our hands. So I'm sorry, folks, but when I sing that, I got to lift up my hands. And I'm playing an instrument here, so if you can all lift up your hands with us, We're going to lift our praises and our bodies together.
2: It's rising now.